Hello, this is Helga Edwards, and I'm here with my husband Bob. Today we will be reading Genesis chapter 16 from the New International Version of the Bible. Unfortunately, even the best English translations of this passage still have some problems. We hope to address these in the discussion that follows the Bible reading. Beginning with verse 1. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from, and where are you going? I am running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bir Lahe Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was eighty-six years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Here ends our reading of Genesis chapter 16. This chapter in the book of Genesis has tremendous significance regarding God's relationship with women. To begin, some patriarchal or complementarian theologians claim to find support for their belief in the rule of men from Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. Here Adam says of Eve, She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. They claim that when Adam named Eve woman, this was proof of his authority over her, because naming is an act of dominion. The Bible does not indicate anywhere that giving a name to another person is an act of dominion or an indication of authority. In fact, the language of Genesis 16 directly contradicts this patriarchal assumption. Verse 13, for example, reads as follows. Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. Hagar named God. It is a very beautiful moment that says something very significant about the relationship between a woman and her creator. 
It does not, however, indicate that Hagar had dominion over God. The notion that naming is an act of dominion is simply a false assumption invented by men seeking to justify the subjugation of women. Secondly, the name Hagar gives to God is also significant. God spoke to Hagar in her place of distress and looked upon her with compassion. The significance of this language is made more evident when we consider what patriarchal theologians like Origen had to say about God's disposition towards women. In his commentary on the book of Exodus, Origen falsely asserted, God does not stoop to look upon what is feminine and of the flesh. This horrendously prejudiced comment is the exact opposite of God's heart towards his daughters. It is a reflection of the prejudiced human philosophy that Origen mistakenly used as an interpretive guide to the Bible. Sadly, some English translations of the Bible alter the language of Genesis 16.13 so that its original message is no longer recognizable. The Good News translation, or GNT for example, portrays Hagar as saying, Have I really seen God and lived to tell about it? So she called the Lord, who had spoken to her, a God who sees. The English Standard Version, or ESV, similarly refers to God simply as a God of seeing. Neither of these translations communicates the important message that the God of the universe looked upon Hagar specifically. The GNT even suggests that it is Hagar who is doing the looking. In contrast to this, our oldest available manuscripts of this passage, written in Greek, indicate that it is God who is doing the seeing, and he was looking specifically upon Hagar. The same language is used throughout ancient Greek literature in reference to a deity looking down upon the affairs of human beings. Hagar names God, in direct contrast to patriarchal claims that naming is an act of dominion. And God looks directly upon Hagar with compassion and favor, directly contradicting prejudice commentary and faulty Bible translations that suggest otherwise. This brings us to another verse in Genesis chapter 16 that has tremendous implications for oppressive institutions in human society. Almost every single English translation of the Bible alters the language of Genesis 16 verse 9 in such a way that the passage seems to tell Hagar to submit either to Sarai's authority or to her abusive treatment. The contemporary English version, for example, says, Go back to Sarai and be her slave. The Holman Christian Standard Bible reads, You must go back to your mistress and submit to her mistreatment. The International Standard Version says, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. There are serious grammatical problems with all of these translations. In the Greek Septuagint version of this passage, none of the following words can be found. Authority, slave, or mistreatment. In reality, Hagar is told to return to her mistress and be humble. The humility that God advises is a direct contrast to Hagar's disposition towards Sarai, 
described in Genesis 16, verse 4. The oldest manuscripts of this verse portray Hagar as looking down upon Sarai because Hagar was able to conceive a child and Sarai was not. Some English translations of the Bible, even the NIV that we read from today, say that Hagar despised Sarai. But this language is not accurate. The term used in ancient Greek manuscripts is related more to looking down on someone and treating them as if they have little or no value. The Jubilee 2000 Bible represents God's command to Hagar accurately. Return to thy mistress and humble thyself under her hands. The key concept in this statement in its original context is humble thyself. God was not commanding Hagar to subject herself to mistreatment, nor was he approving of the institution of slavery. Rather, he advised Hagar to return to her mistress and relate to her with an attitude of humility rather than one of arrogance and disdain. In other words, she was to be humble in her service to Sarai. As we continue to read Genesis chapter 16, we see that in addition to looking upon Hagar with compassion and correcting her pride, God also made a promise to her concerning her offspring. Just like the descendants of Abram and Sarai, Hagar's children would also be too numerous to count. God speaks words of comfort to Hagar, giving her hope for the future. As he does with other Old Testament passages, the Apostle Paul views the story of Hagar and Sarai as a spiritual allegory. When Abram and Sarai doubted God's promise, they tried to secure offspring for themselves by coming up with their own misguided plan involving Hagar. God was not pleased with Abram and Sarai's unbelief or with their plan. God wanted Abram and Sarai to trust in his promise to them so that they could receive from him the miraculous blessing of their very own biological child. In a similar way, Paul explains in Galatians chapter 4 that God wants human beings to trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, so that they can receive the miraculous blessing of salvation, which entails forgiveness, freedom from sin, and eternal life with God in heaven. Those who try to find their way into God's kingdom without faith are attempting to accomplish in their own strength what can only be accomplished by God.